All right, this is the first time I think that I'm going live, uh, you know, as it was scheduled before. Um, so today we're going to have Mada Segete, um, but she was just texting me how she's in an in, important, intense meeting. So she's going to be a few minutes late, a few minutes late, uh, but no worries there. Um, meanwhile, I can make sure everything is working, first of all. And uh, uh, it also always takes a little bit of time for, for people to start joining and stuff. As always, if you, uh, you know, if you're just dialing in, please leave your comments. I realize this might be a little bit boring for the people who join on the podcast. They need to go like straight into the, straight into the topic. Um, it's still early days of, uh, live streaming. People are still asking me, how do you do it? Uh, you just have to fill up a form. I think you need to have enough followers and you need to, to fill up a form, So just Google, uh, LinkedIn live apply and, and you'll get that link. And, uh, let's see what else. Uh, yeah, started, uh, you know, also because of, like I said, due to COVID, you know, staying home, I think it's been my 24th day. This is one of the first times that I put a, a shirt on for a meeting mada is a super important person i mean i see her as a friend i love her as a person but she's also let's put it this way like she's super successful business-wise you know she's uh with her company with mike molinette and, and and the other guys um at branch you know there is over 100 million they're already a unicorn worth more than a, a, a billion uh so they're just like uh doing fantastic there and we've met many times in san francisco and palo alto uh and around there at stanford so kind of luckily it's someone i i know okay i was just checking linkedin live was working well and i'm just gonna check on the other networks uh please do leave me a comment if you're watching this i'm just still testing to be honest uh um i'm a terrible influencer podcaster live streamer whatever i'm just learning so maybe i can help some other people who have a lot more followers than me learn but uh, it's been really amazing, to be honest. Like, um, you know, I've been, I was working in Nokia Microsoft for about seven years and I was going to a lot of conferences for seven years, almost too much. Then I kind of took a you know, step back <laughs> and just started focusing more on work and uh, less less conferences. But absolutely like this, uh, I'm gonna, the moment I feel, I think about COVID, I feel like opening the window, you know, I just like literally when I just, breathe more and so on here you're probably gonna hear the sound of the of the church this making uh <laughs> noise about yeah 7 8, 7 p.m still wanting people to go to church even though it's not allowed um anyways yeah i'm, I'm dialing here still from southern italy um kind of been living nomadically but still like now i'm of course like more stuck in italy for this time I think with Mada, we're going to talk a lot about, you know, first of all, I want to hear the latest with Branch. I do want to show her sharedocview.com, and I'm just waiting for her to come on the show to make sure that uh, I can show it to her as well and get her feedback. Because basically what Branch.io does, and she will explain it later, uh, maybe we can go together to the website to make this a little bit more fun. Um, so let me share my screen. Uh, actually, let me try to figure this out um uh, i can share just a chrome tab awesome great so um and let me just check one thing okay cool so branch is about 
attribution. It's basically about um, knowing which, you know, where your installs are coming from. So it's mostly for mobile apps. So yeah, I knew it was attribution, right? So basically you, you share different links um you know you say download this app and they basically people know where it's coming from this is why people know that like you shared your uber app with with your friends you know they, they've been powering like some big brands like that uh if i'm not mistaken um so yeah they have like a big big list of customers so we are a web only solution right now but i'm wondering if there is anything we can do for them that's gonna be one of my first question questions for mada and uh what else? Um, oh, I think she's here. Hello. Hi. Mada, how are you? I'm great. Sorry for being late. Uh, no worries. I, we we're just five minutes in. And uh, like I was just explaining how I'm doing this. By the way, I most people haven't seen it. I basically shaved my head a few days ago because I was so tired of like not, you know, we're not able to go to the barber now for it's been like 24 days here in Southern Italy. So I was just so tired of, of doing it on my own. I was just like, let's just get it all out, you know? You got <laughs> it. Um, how actually, are you doing? I'm actually uh, setting up, uh, I've had the same hairdresser for almost 10 years. And uh, I'm actually going to do a live uh, thing with her where she's going to teach me how to dye my own hair. And it's my way of also supporting her. So we're going to have a virtual hairdresser appointment, which I think is like kind of weird, but That's... I'm very excited for it. That's amazing. That's amazing. So thank you so much for joining. I was just introducing yeah. you, saying that you know I I I love you. I see you as a friend first, but then you know you're just such an amazing businesswoman. You know what you guys have done at Branch with the other guys with Mike and the team, and you know it's been amazing. I mean, the last I saw you guys raised a hundred million are a unicorn, but you know that was 2018. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, that we crunch. Haven't, we haven't quite announced all our rounds, but uh, we've raised more than that. We just haven't made it public. We're definitely a unicorn. We've been a unicorn, I think, for like a few a few years now. Awesome. Congrats. It's so Thanks. happy to hear. And I was just showing, you know, a little bit about what, what Branch does, you know, about attribution and mobile app installs. So basically knowing where the app installs are coming from. But maybe I'm sure you can explain it better than I than I can. Um Sorry, can you describe? No, I was just I was just saying that I I quickly describe branch what it does right yeah. with the mobile attribution, but I'm sure you can explain it just a little bit better than than I can. Sure, I mean attribution is part of all we do, but at the core of everything is actually this idea of deep linking. And mm -hmm. you think about the beginning of the web and how the web was kind of created. So people came together and they created the HTTP standard. And that means that when you click on a link, you go to a website and all websites follow the same standard. When mobile was introduced, mobile was not this democratic platform. It was actually, you know, different, um, different corporations of different parts of mobile. And they came, they each created their own system, right? Apple has uh, the iOS and um, Google has Android. And those have, when you create an app on all of those, they're no longer like the web, you can just publish it, right? You need to actually follow guidelines because these are actually owned platforms by corporations. So where Branch comes in, um, because the standards, so the way you get to app content on Android versus iOS is actually different. We, we are able to create the link that always takes someone to the right content. So, you know, you click on a link, and do you have the app? Do you not have the app? Are you on Android? Are you on iOS? Are you on desktop? We take care of all these different 
um, edge cases and all these different possibilities to make sure that the user always get to the content and gets to the content that's right for them, right? If someone has the app, apps engage so much better than the web, so they should, the app should open to the right content. If they don't have the app, maybe taking them to the app store is not the right thing. Maybe actually should taking them to a website that has that content is the right thing. So this ability to route people and always get them to the right content, not getting errors. And you know, for those of you, I'm sure everyone in the audience has clicked on a link and gotten an error. We make sure that that never happens and you always get to the right content. Um, and then because we take people to content and we take people to uh, the right place, we can also provide analytics and attribution. So helping companies understand how do people get to their content? What channels are doing better, you know? Is user-to-user -user sharing doing better than ads? Uh, what, which ones have the longest retention and things like that? So perfect, perfect. No, that that's perfect. And by the way, I don't know when was the first time you heard of deep linking, but the first time I heard of deep linking was like about 2009 or so. Like I was at Nokia in San Diego, and we were building this uh, on-device and on-cloud universal search. This were still times we had Symbian and and Migo was before Microsoft like came in with their Windows Phone. And, and we had this idea of deep linking to basically, you know, be able to search for M. And if I call Mada a lot, Mada shows up on top, but also maybe I use maps a lot and that deep links, you know, maybe I, I write, I don't know, Massachusetts or like some name of a place and actually deep links into the apps. So we were right. doing that with this, it was called like, company was called Veveo Search, which was acquired, I think by, I can't remember who, but it was like back in the days, you know, it's like, when, when did you guys start, by the way? I, I forget now, we met probably in 2014. Um, started in 2014. We actually started uh, working on something else as founders in the beginning of 2013, end of 2012. And we built our own app, uh, launched it, uh, sold it, and then started Branch to solve all the problems that we had when yeah. we were developing and marketing our own app. Awesome. And so, yeah, that's amazing. And then are you guys doing anything, you know, deep linking is obviously really tied to mobile and so on. Are you, what about like, you know, we just build the SaaS and by the way, just about me, like I've been uh, kind of since a couple of years after I got my US passport, I decided to like spend more time in Europe uh, just to link back where, where I'm from. I mean, you're also originally European for it, right? From yeah, from Romania for people listening. Yeah. So we're, we're both Latinos, even though the, a lot of Latin Americans don't recognize us. So, and, um, you know, being like, you know, back in the roots is actually my grandfather's library and this is the house of my great grandparents. So it's nice to be back and uh, been basically focusing on SaaS and just SaaS that can, you know, we can just grow and scale remotely without any, bless you by the way, without any, any investors. So like a lot, lot, lot more like, you know, small and medium enterprise in Europe, but you know, just on your own at your own pace and, and stuff like that. And surely, but uh, slowly, but surely. And the latest one we released, uh, I kind of want to show you real quick, if you don't mind, um, because I want to ask you a question about it, actually, um, is basically a tool to, and now ask to stop sharing the screen, then I, I shared again, and then I'm going to share just a specific tab. So it, it's ShareDoc View, right? So it's a tool uh, to basically, you know, share your documents with a link so that you're going to know who viewed your document exactly, when, and, and for how long. Obviously, you know, freemium model, you know, free tier, you don't need any credit card to, to get started. Um, so you just sign up, upload the document, share your links, and, and you're done. You know, no need to send any attachments anymore. You can update your docs from the cloud. Obviously, you don't need to install any software, everything is in the cloud. And, you know, most, most important thing is actually the analytics, which we actually need to put 
uh, right up front. Uh, so, you know, you can, as a team, you can keep your documents you want to share in one place, and then you can uh, ask people to enter their email or to sign up with uh, LinkedIn or Google to view your documents. So you can, it can be an email generator and stuff like that. So as a company, you can add your watermark and blah, blah, blah. I mean, that's, that's pretty much it, right? So, uh, and we're coming up with like some pretty strong, aggressive pricing. Uh, I mean, also good during this, this COVID time that uh, companies are trying to save. So my question to you was that, um, you know, can we apply your technology to this? Like if it's, it's if we're still web only or, or doesn't really make sense? I don't think it makes sense. I think we're, I think the, on the web, uh, this, if you only, only have a website, I think, you know, you can just use regular links. You don't need deep linking. I think the challenge in both attribution and taking and, and user experience comes when you have both the app, a mobile app on a website or a desktop app. We actually have a desktop SDK, um, but even on the desktop, you, you know, should we deep link inside a desktop app or should take someone to the website? So when you have uh, that fork in the road where you don't know where to send users and you send some users on one way and some users the other way, um, making sure you send the right users to the right place and that you're tracking conversions across web and app, across um, you know, desktop app and app across multiple platform. That's when it makes sense. If you only have a web app, uh, it probably doesn't make sense for you. What about Chrome extensions? Do you support them at all or no? Uh, I mean, we have our own Chrome extension, so you can just go and if you, you can create a quick link when you're on a website hmm. and then you can, you can create a quick link, but you can also like set up, um, link routing. So in some cases sticks to the app, um, in, yeah, I wouldn't say like Chrome extensions are just an extension of a, it's not, they're not like full apps. They're an extension of your website. Um, so while, while we have one, I wouldn't say that that's necessarily, it's not like a completely new environment. It's still an extension of the website. And again, we're like a company that does navigation and attribution. So a Chrome extension is built on top of the web page. Um, and, and you can just navigate to that to the, you know to an http link yeah exactly anyways you don't have the issue of like separate platforms i mean it's uh, anyways chrome i think it's leading by far in terms of browser market share and extension you know browser extension market share as well so it just goes straight there and that's it there's no there's not the kind of is it android or is it iphone type of thing and there's uh well there's still the app store in, in you know like um question mark and then going back to you guys, like what's what's next, you know, of what you can share about about your future, what are you guys working on, like what's uh, what, what, yeah, what's next, what's in the future? So to just go back to the Chrome thing, I mean, Chrome is leading in some ways, but if you think about uh, the iPhone environment, and if you um, Safari is still the leading, um, if you are on an iPhone and iOS, Safari is still leading, and um, the really interesting thing about browsers on an iPhone is that uh, apps are building browsers inside of their app called using something called a Safari um, extension, Safari View Controller. And uh, each of those browsers have actually have their own cookie spaces. So if you open a link inside you know, Twitter and you get the Twitter browser, that's a Safari View Controller. And then if you do that inside the Facebook app, or inside the Pinterest app or inside the LinkedIn app. And all of those are actually considered 
different browsers. And most of these apps, when you click on something on social, they actually open that link inside their app. And those don't talk to each other. So you might have a user clicking on a link inside a Facebook app and going to your website. And then the same user is clicking on another ad or link inside the LinkedIn app and then going inside the LinkedIn browser. There's actually no way to understand that that's the same user, although they're both using different Safari view controllers. Uh, one, one of the things that we do when we think about uh, our attribution and also our user experience, we actually tie all of those in something called a persona. Uh, persona has no, uh, no, no, no data about the user on it. The only thing that it does, it's literally tying those cookies with the advertiser ID and helping uh, a brand understand this is the same user across different browsers and the app only on their, you know, like on, on their brand, uh, things that their brand owns. So, um, that's been a big differentiator for us in the way that we've been able to actually um, provide a consistent understanding of a user's journey across web and app, but not just one browser, but actually multiple browsers. Um, so that's something that we're continuing to work on. I think in, in this age, uh, you know, like how are we thinking about the future? Um, from a product perspective, we're working on, uh, we know that this are, these are going to be really hard times. I was just in an all hands with our company. And um, this is this is going to be hard on the world, right? Uh, and I think people are going to have a lot less money to spend on advertising. So, branch can help your company grow on a lot of the organic channels uh, through user to user sharing, converting web users to app users, and and we are going to continue to focus on improving those products. So, uh, if companies are are hit and they don't have money to spend on advertising. We actually can help them grow and engage their users uh, on their organic channels. So that's going to be a big focus for us. Uh, the long-term mission for us as a company, and um, you know, we haven't talked that much about that, but it really is to help uh, with discovery. So when we built our own app, uh, I was really struggling. And at the end of the day, our app didn't die because you know it wasn't good it died because we couldn't get discovered it was too expensive the only two things we ways we had is to be one, one thing i want to talk about discovery i worked the app store i don't know if you know for for nokia and then a little bit at microsoft so you know i know a lot about discovery and i've worked on it for a few years and it just yeah a lot of great apps are just like hidden in the store of course there's millions right. of apps so it's it's an issue for a lot of developers i think for everyone right like that's why we died we were we were featured. I mean, we Apple featured us many times. We were in best new apps. We were in the best new apps on Android. And once those features, and, and still you couldn't make it. No, I mean, yeah, it's, it's I mean we got a lot of users during the weeks we were featured, and then yeah. when that was over, and we were we were like in the days where Facebook ads were just starting, and we spent all our money, everything we like raised on Facebook ads. That's all I did all day long. I was like managing Facebook ads and. It's good. I mean, we ended up getting, I think it was about $20 to get a paying customer. We just couldn't like, you know, we were printing is hard, like margins are small. We couldn't make $20 per user. Like but I think Zuck was happy. What? <laughs> Zuck. Zuckerberg was happy. I'm sure he was. Yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> if you think about ads and Facebook, I mean, it's the main driver. Um, and I think Facebook has done a great job monetizing how hard it is to discover things. I think we're thinking about how can we help people who maybe don't have money to spend to be discovered, um, both when users have in, in a non-intent way. So, you know, you're not necessarily looking for something, but also 
from an intent perspective, um, we are thinking of how we, can we actually surface apps when people, and app content more than just apps, when people are searching for something. So that's like, you know, when we think about the long term and what our vision is, it's really around that. Uh, I could show you a very fun video of one minute of, of the app store that we built when I was at Nokia, uh, if you want. Uh, it's, it's just something that I like, it's one of the things that made me laugh the most. I mean, obviously, pro most likely because I worked on it, but it was—I thought it was like a, a, a fun little uh, little ad. Um, so what what we worked on was called App Social, and basically we were doing what Instagram and Spotify uh, do to apps. Uh, well, due to images and, and music, we were doing it to apps. Uh, so if you don't mind, I'm going to show you for a minute, just so right. like you, you get an idea of of what was what was going on. So. Um, Ah, and actually, I probably need to um, turn off my Bluetooth. I can't hear anything. Is there supposed to be sun? Ah, uh, hold on. So basically, we have these random people like telling num name of apps to this guy. Oh, God, I got it. Never take apps from strangers. Get them from your friends. App social from Nokia. Create a profile and make a list of your favorite apps. Nice. Share friends, follow, and be followed. Cool. And climb the leaderboard. App social. You're among friends. <laughs> yeah, like this was just, you know, I don't get really, uh, I don't get to talk to a lot of people who work with like app discovery and app stores anymore. So like, uh, I was like, let me show you this. It's like back from the, back in the day. Um, but you know, we 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 were facing those those same issues for our developers. So we're trying to figure out new innovative ways to get people to download apps, right? So we were, we were, our idea was that friends exactly would recommend apps a lot more. And, you know, we had a, like a lot of ideas on that. And as, as you, I'm sure you must have heard, you know, what happens with acquisitions and Microsoft bought Nokia. Obviously, this was on a Windows phone. It would have died anyways because Windows, Windows phone eventually died. So it doesn't really matter. Uh, but it was like, I think it's still a lot of innovation that I that I'm still like surprised when I see like the, the Play Store or the Apple Store still not social enough. But I know I know that Apple is not social at all. You know, they've not been able to hammer social. Google, you know, best they've done is Google Plus. So cool. not, not surprising after, after all. Um, when you were talking about, you know, users sharing referrals, are, you know, I started thinking about referrals and affiliate, which is actually something that, you know, we, I've been looking at, right, I've been looking at, like, do we want to build it uh, in, internally or do we want to build it outside, right? And, you know, we use Stripe. So I first looked at referral systems that, that integrate with Stripe. Um, and actually, we decided to build it on our own so that it can be, like, extremely integrated. Are you guys thinking anything in terms of referrals and affiliate programs and stuff like that? Yeah, I mean, it's something that you can build with Branch. Um, the way our links work is 
when a link when a link is generated, uh, the user that generated the link, the anonymous user ID gets attached to the link. So then whenever like people like let's say install from that link or buy from that link, that's an app event that gets associated with the original link. So and then with the original user. So then you can like we have users who use us for both affiliate. Um, and I think you know there's some really great examples. I think I was think I was talking to Style Reward the other day, and they have so many influencers and all Sorry, those which one? Starwood Style yeah. Reward. Uh, style Reward. And they basically every they use with all these influencers are like promoting their products to their platform, and they use branch links for all of them. And then the the link gets associated with the user. So every time someone buys something, the influencer gets credit for it and gets like rewards from it uh and you know it's it, it works really really well um and it's just like this ability to like track and we we, we see that but we also see it at like user to user level right like um there's a big company here called robin hood uh that's like in the in the trading space and then they have this program where if you invite someone they um they actually is it this, uh, this company or no reward style I this one. sorry yeah i think um, so. i can i have to look look back at uh we were doing a round table of that and then and then uh, you were saying of, of course robin hood is super famous everyone yeah, knows so their like reward program is basically if you invite someone and then they yeah. actually install and sign up you get a free stock and they get a free stock and they use like branch right. to do that like tracking uh, so this idea that like you can actually like understand at the user level, you know, if they drove an install, they drove something, uh, or they drove an event, and that event can be uh, a purchase, and that purchase can be on web or app, right? It can be you can use our web SDK to actually make sure that events on your website are tracked the same as events in the app. So then uh, when you create your your referral program on top of our links, you can actually decide. Who to reward, when to reward, things like that. And uh, I noticed uh, one of my, one of my favorite apps right now has that. I wonder if you guys powered them. It's called Script.com. They're actually in the Bay Area. I don't know if you know them. Uh, it's possible. Yeah. So check. It's uh, S. Uh, I'll, I'll show you the tab so it's easier. Like it's actually one of my favorite apps because. Um, they are basically like a, in, you know, a Kindle store plus Audible, like uh, um, basically unlimited. And they have this read for free with their link tracking. Yeah, they use us. Oh, okay, cool. Um, yeah, I so I, I mean... I, I'm looking at it. I think so. Pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah, I, I really like... subscription, right? Say that one more time. The reading subscription app. Yeah, yeah. Reading and, and audiobooks. I'm, I've been using it a lot recently. And then they've got this read for free, which I think it's a great way to promote it. I think we're we're thinking about calling it like, you know, share and earn, something like that. Um, I don't know what, what you recommend in terms of copy, right, to app developers up there. No, I like the putting it up here because it's like quite front and center and it, it's close to your profile. So it's close to you, right? It, Makes me feel like it's close. If I do something, something's gonna happen to my profile. Yeah. And then I, um, I don't know. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure actually if they used us for that or not. Um, they've definitely definitely used branch, but I don't know exactly for what. I would have to do the, the word digging. Well, um, no worries. I mean, I w- it's just like one of the products you know that I had in my mind that was that actually got me. I mean, first of all, they're a great product, of course, and I want to share it and I want to earn my my free months for for reading. Uh, but I also just think it's a great product, you know, because it's just so much better. So what other products are there? That, what other best practices can we check out uh, in terms of like uh, websites or, or services? I mean, you, I saw your customers. You have like an incredible uh, array of, of, of customers. So obviously, um, I was just looking at this. Um, there you go. Our customers. I mean. Yeah, we have more than that, obviously. A lot of people, you know, don't allow us to use their logos, so <laughs> I'm not going to mention them. But um, uh, yeah, I think what's really interesting when you think when you think about one of the best ways that um, companies should think about like growing their app presence, which I don't think many do, is this idea that if you have a website, it's actually much easier to build SEO and discovery for your website, and then using banners to actually take people from your website inside your app and if you think about many of what what these people use us for beyond attribution and deep linking is you know uh this idea of building banners trusts and our banner product is one that i love and i use and i've played with because you can actually go you know you you add a line of code to your website and then you can go in our dashboard and you can like go and test and optimize um and do a lot of different things so you know you can have you can test a small banner versus a large banner versus a tiny versus like a full page banner and you can be like oh people coming from an email should get a huge banner versus people coming from uh you know like google should see a tiny banner or no banner at all so that amount of customization actually uh we've looked at data across everyone using this if you don't customize the banner uh, versus if you customize it heavily, you can get six times um, view to click ratio, which I think is like incredible, right? Six times by just customizing the banners and testing. Um, so this is one of our probably most used products because uh, one, it's uh, it's much easier to get um, organic traffic to your website. And then this helps you convert that organic traffic in a very you know testable, uh, iterative way uh, to app traffic, right? So um, that has been, that is, I think, uh, one of the things that we probably, you know, we should talk about it more. Um, but this is a lot of the bigger customers who uh, use us for this, actually, in addition to like this, the basic deep linking attribution. This is actually our um, integrations uh, with all the BD partners. So you can also deep link from email, you can deep link from social. So these are uh, all the different people that we integrate with, uh, so you can actually, you know, from either your paid campaigns. Uh, so these are like business development partner. These are not our customers. Yeah, you know, got it. I mean, I, I actually haven't checked out a website in a while, and uh, I mean, I, I also for our SaaS, we're definitely really focused on integrations. I think it's one of the best way to grow and as well to give a lot of value to our, to our, to your customers. You know, because it's if you basically automate integrate like what basically zapier has done you know uh, you're, you're basically doing what they're doing but on your platform without users having to leave your platform so i think it's uh, it's great i mean i was just trying to see if i could uh, actually recognize some of the names i mean you you guys have gone really deep in the in the long tail of uh, 
kind of mar- you know digital marketing companies and digital marketing solutions, right? Right, but on the other hand, we're also integrated with the big guys, right? Like Apple search ads. Oh yeah. Facebook, we're a Facebook um, MMP. We're um, you know this is coming out soon, but uh, we are uh, we are integrated with Adobe, and we, are, we actually won an award. That we're going to announce. We were supposed to be announced at that conference, but you know, with all events, uh, being with one of their preferred partners, and uh, so I think in general, um, yes, we've begun deep, but we also have every uh, all the big ones as well, right? So of course, of course, and yeah, I mean, I think it's been pretty amazing how you guys have like kept a focus on on something that you know, I think to. Uh, to some other entrepreneurs might look so so narrow, but it's exactly you know just oh, it's not that. narrow. It's the piping of the in, of the mobile. Uh, I think it's you know like links are not narrow. It's like if you have a link, if you click on a link and you don't get to the thing, uh, I mean you get frustrated and the company gets frustrated. Just imagine if our link stopped working, um, it would be a very terrible day for mobile. Uh, you know we have this thing around the office, which we're not in the office right now, but uh, we have a lot of posters that says, you know, the link service can never go down. Uh, and we have so much redundancy and we think of, you know, I remember Drew Houston once came to a class at Stanford and he was talking how you think Dropbox is in, you know, st- storage business, but they're actually in the edge case business because so much of like what Dropbox does is make sure that you always get your files, no matter what like platform you're on. And there's so many edge cases. And I think when we think of like what the business that we're in, we're obviously in the navigation business, taking people to the content and discovery business, but really we're also in the edge case business. I think uh, we've had examples of people who switched from a competitor to us or for building something in house to us. And they saw a click to open, uh, their click to open ratio increased significantly. Uh, I think there was one that was just doing it for ad- retargeting ads and it went from, 50% to 95%. So they were losing 50% of people because of edge cases and people clicking on links and not opening the app. And now uh, another one who did all their links and I think their click to click um, to open ratio went from like 35% to 52%. So that's almost, almost a, um, it's more than 50% increased. And again, like these are all people that if you click on a link and they actually would go, would open the app. And if they don't, uh, you're like just losing them just because the link didn't work, right? So um, I think this like edge case business sounds small, but it's actually actually incredibly big because everyone clicks on links all the time. And sometimes if they don't get to the right thing, it means last business. One other thing I wanted to ask you about when I was checking out your website is there is a part about, uh, let me see if I can find it again. Or this was like kind of like building of a community. I think it was... Uh, yeah. My mobile, the mobile girl community. Yeah. So I uh, I started that very early days. Uh, we uh, we do these events. Um, we obviously now move them all online. So we're uh, we used to do. I think we've had years when we've done 150, sometimes 200 a year. We are now doing all of those events online. And the idea, the reason why we started this, we actually started this super early on. I think branch was a month old, and Mike and I went and talked to a VC and he's like, you should build a community. And on the way back from that, we were like, I was driving and Mike went on, uh, Mike went on a meetup and started a meetup right then. And then we like did it at the accelerator and called 
like I think five different pizza places and found the one that had two for one on Tuesdays because we had no money and then we went to Safeway and bought beer. But anyway, so the idea was that we really struggled when we were app developers uh, to actually understand how to grow and how to do things like attribution and, and linking. And we we're like, everyone's looking for advice. Everyone's looking for a community. Let's build this community ourselves, and we'll learn as people share, we'll learn from it, we'll support and give back to the community and it will be win-win for everyone. So it did really well. And then we just started growing it and growing it. Um, and now we, you know, we, our community has grown a lot. We're actually launching a newsletter today. Um, we're relaunching our newsletter. Um, I started a podcast, which is kind of like, you know, how I grew this, but it's the, the I'm interviewing people uh, from the community on how they grew their mobile companies. Um, I'm doing roundtables by industry. So I think I've done four in the past week and a half. Uh, my mornings or evenings are always like a moderating roundtables. I've become a very good moderator. But I think this is a time when we need to like bring the community together and help them because this is the time when I think you know, a lot of them are small businesses um, that are struggling. And some of them are large businesses and verticals that are struggling as well. So, you know, all I, I think a lot about how can I help? How can Branch help? How can we be there for our community, both in like from a product perspective, but also from a support and bringing people together because we, we have more connections, I think, than like the individual members in the community. Well, that's uh, good to know you're... you're uh good moderator because uh, I, you know, I'm, I've just been getting onto this live streaming on LinkedIn just recently. Um, I was saying, I was telling at the beginning, I don't know if you applied already. You should apply because I'm sure you're going to get it uh, if you apply you know, uh, from, from LinkedIn. But I feel that uh, like live streaming is is more fun than, than webinar. Like myself, I don't see myself going to webinars because you know it's not live or you can't really potentially comment or, you know, kind of getting the getting the conversation, even though, to be honest, it's still very early days of LinkedIn because, like, kind of comments, notifications on, on live streaming don't even work. And and while I push it out to my other channels, like, I've really always, always been focused on LinkedIn. But, um, yeah, what, what do you feel in terms of, like, uh, you know, now, obviously, we have to stay home for a while. Um, you know, like, where do you see the most important platforms? Uh, do you feel that maybe there's... You know, some platforms are not out there yet. You know, some kind of like something that recreates what happened in an actual conference yeah, on I web, mean, but still yeah. not missing. I think you know. I think if you, um, I can, I can actually share some stuff. I think oh I'm yeah, gonna... I love when people share stuff. Give me a second to pull it out. To pull it up. Take your time. I have it. Uh. How do I share? Share screen. Can you see it? Um, or maybe you want to send me the link. You can send me the link on the on the private chat. And I oh, there you go. I added. Should I wait or? Yeah. Can you see it? Yeah, I can. Yeah, we can see it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I think you know, super interesting. Uh, here is this idea that. Uh, this is we, we know we've looked at some data uh, yeah. and we've we've really seen this idea that you know some things are going down and some things are going up. Um, so people are postponing large purchases. Um, 
app usage, you know, obviously online groceries is going like crazy versus home maintenance just going down. But this is, you know, to answer your question, there are things that are uh, doing really, really well. Like we've seen social video, for example, we have some apps um, and, and we've aggregated this around the world uh, and we've seen everything with social, uh, social games, uh, social networks that are hyper-local, um, dating actually, uh, these are some things, you know, and, and dating, we broke it down into hookup apps. We have a lot of dating apps using branch. So hookups apps versus like relationship apps. And actually hookup apps have got, kind of gone down and the relationship apps have gone up. And you've seen a lot of them introducing things like um, videos and things like that. So um, that has been, I think, su super interesting. And others that have doing well are stocks, news, money transfer, uh, gaming, obviously, entertainment versus things that are not doing so well, like less moving, streaming, travel, events, sports have taken big hits. But the, the interesting thing here is that we've also analyzed this just for China and you can see things that had dropped that are now like going back up, which I think is like really, really cool. And this is a little bit more on e-commerce and what's going well, what's not. These this are some interesting trends that we're working on. So like kids, pets, fashion, luxury, cosmetics, activewear, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, shoes not really exactly because yeah, people are, are can't even go out, can't walk. Uh, that was super interesting. Yeah, thanks thanks for sharing. And and maybe since we, we touched upon it, like uh, what's, what's your personal situation with COVID and maybe company situation with COVID, like uh, how, 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 what's the situation? Uh I'm doing well. Uh, I am single, so I, I live by myself. So that has been interesting uh, to actually not see people. Uh, I don't, so I don't have a family unit that someone I live with and uh, I haven't like really seen any humans, uh, which I think has been, uh, I, I do I do a lot of solo walks and I listen to books. I just finished the Infinite Game, which was really good. And now I'm listening to the miracle equation. So a lot of, it's like very inspiring to listen to cool uh, books while I while I walk on the streets of Palo Alto. <laughs> um, and I'm like cooking every day. I've been like super healthy. I do yoga. I've been like the healthiest, you know, like last year, I think I traveled 200,000 miles and this is the opposite of that. Uh, and, you know, I've, I've really learned, it's really interesting, I'm learning uh, how to live with myself more. I think it's, I, I'm a fairly social human and like I have a lot of groups of friends and I just like, I do some of those things virtually. I have a group of female founder friends and for example, we have brunch, Zoom brunch every Sunday. Um, and I have another group of friends that we meet like every two weeks. And it's been really, it's been interesting, but it's definitely not the same as in person. So uh, I've been learning how to like, just enjoy a lot more time with myself. It's been actually very good for me, I think. And from a company perspective, I think we're like, uh, I think we're in a good position to help. Um, there's a lot of companies uh, who I think branch can help even more during these times. So I think that's been, uh, that's been really interesting. Um, we're all working from home, which I think has been hard. We were definitely the type of company where we built community by being in the office um, and we had very flexible hours, but almost everyone came to the office. So that's been a adjusting period for us. I think it's hard. Some people like it more than others. I, I, would, I, I miss the sense of community. 
I do stand up on my team every morning and sometimes we do really silly things like dance or we were like uh we were like funny costumes yesterday i wore like a monster costume and so sometimes we try to do silly things i don't know so when when did you guys stop going to the office was it just yesterday then you mentioned or or oh no no ago? two weeks ago oh, okay yeah two weeks ago so it's been two More weeks two and a half weeks ago yeah oh okay so you actually stopped before california mandated right so you were a bit yeah early yeah, we, made it, we made it optional um I think two weeks before and a lot of people started working from home yep. and then we uh we were planning to make it required um we we, we like had a couple of days where we were setting everything up and some people came to the office and it was going to be required the monday so when california announced that we actually have everything in place and we were ready because we had been planning for a few a few days before which i think like worked out really well yeah, I think definitely, definitely good decision. I mean, it shows that, you know, you care about your people and employees when you do it before and so on. You know, we've been now since, what is it, was it March 8th? I'm starting to lose. Basically, one of the issues of lockdown, you know, is I started to lose track of days because yeah. one of my key things was like, you know, I would go to different bars and cafes. And so, you know, here in Italy, and I knew which one was open certain day of the week. And, but otherwise, also for me, obviously, just trying to take the best of it, you know, be using more of my, my treadmill. And I got this elliptical from Chicago. It's called QB. You put it under your desk. So you're still like cycling, you're trying to do more exercise at home. Uh, and then, yeah, also, I, I got basically, I helped my alumni network to host like uh, Zoom calls on Saturdays for, for entrepreneurs for now. And that was nice to just meet new people and felt like, going to a conference without actually traveling. I also had the same situation like you. I was traveling a lot. You know, Lufthansa named me senator. can't remember which year. thought it was cool. Years later, I felt the pain of traveling so much. Um, and now it's been nice not to travel that much anymore. So I agree. I mean, I think also the, there's some good stuff. You know, you, you must have seen like kind of less pollution and, and kind of, you know, um, we're giving nature and earth a little bit of breathing time uh and uh i think that's that's positive as well so hopefully more people are going to start you know to work from home and work remotely and work on software and digital um so that we don't all have to kind of move around and then you know commute and stuff um but yeah that's i mean still like kind of um good to hear i'm going back to that uh, kind of growth and stuff so like um you know, what have, what have you guys done to grow? Like you literally like, if I were you, first thing I would have done, I would have scraped, crawled the app stores and contact app developers. Is that what you did? Or, or like, how did you... In the early days? Yeah, or yeah. Like how was the kind of growth path and, you know, what are you doing right now? I mean, in the early days, we did everything. We tried that. We tried just like, figuring out what are cool apps. Um, things that work really well is actually building a lot of content and SEO around that. So I remember when iOS 9.2 came out, um, we had a bunch of competitors and the, you know, the, some of our customers were using those competitors and we were just small and struggling. And uh, when iOS 9.2 came out, we literally, like I remember Alex spent the whole weekend making sure that RSDK supported universal links. So iOS 9.2 actually introduced this notion of universal links uh, from yeah. before there was to be URI schemes and universal links were a lot harder to implement and a lot harder to get your head around. So we updated our links over the weekend before like 
the push was live, everything was set up, we tested it, we made sure it worked. And then Alex wrote this amazing blog post about how to integrate universal links. And then like if you and then how you know it's like it was like how to do it with branch and then and then if you don't want to do it with branch like it had 30 more steps uh and but he went through all the steps like if you don't want to do the branch it's all it and then like that post got us thousands like i being on marketing i tracked uh most of our new integrations in the following couple of years actually came from that post so i think when you think about growth um the thing to think about, like the, one of the best times to grow is actually when there's a big change in the market and you adapt to it faster than your competition. And in our case, our competition actually didn't update. They, they didn't. And, and we've had like, you know, some of the customers on the list that you, sh you shared earlier, we got actually during that time. We had built relationships and, you know, I did all the marketing. They knew about us, but it's hard to switch, right? And they switched because people that were using then didn't support universal links and we did and they did the test and they're like okay we're never going back and i think it's like really interesting and i think the reason why i talked about that during growth is this because we are now in a period like that things are changing and there's like such big changes in the market and i'll give you an example um i am friends with the uh, with this with the jay who started this company called rinse which is a laundry service and i've known him for a long time um and when they launched, I signed up for his service. They weren't available in Palo Alto. And then I just kind of forgot about it. And I used a different service called Purple Tie. And uh, and I know I kept seeing Ajay and I knew he came to Palo Alto, but like Purple Tie was so easy. I just pressed the button and it was all set up and I didn't have to do anything. And I was like, I'll sign up to Reins one day. And, you know, a few days ago, I went to Purple Tie and I pressed the button and it said, oh, the next delivery is like April 20th. And I was like, three weeks, like I can't do it. I, I don't, I need my laundry now. I've been like, it's been piling up. I can't wait three weeks. I don't have, the laundry machine is broken in, my, in the house I live in. And I was like, this is like, what am I going to do? And then I was like, oh, rinse. Let me, let me see if they, what they're available. And I went and downloaded it and I was like, oh, they pick up tonight and they're going to bring in two days. And I signed up for rinse and now I have it all set up and I'm never going to go back to Purple Tie, right? Because, and it's not because I know the founder, it's actually because, uh, the service was amazing. Everything was folded better, but I would have never given them a try, even though I knew the founders, I was friends with him, which is like weird because, you know, like it's just so hard to switch. But now because of the change and because Purple Tie wasn't able to adapt, uh, this gave them an opportunity. So I think, I think for businesses out there, this is really the time. Uh, and I know that, you know, there are industries that are like hit really hard, but in, when you think about others that are somewhere in the middle, like uh, on that graph or some of that are growing. This is the time, this is the time. And you know, another example is I used Prime a lot and Prime is really broken right now, Prime delivery. And I just like went all Instacart all the way. Um, they're also branch customers, so I love them. But so is Amazon. So like they're both customers, right? Which one do I use? And I, yeah, congrats, I, I use the one that like, I'm using the one that like is giving me better service and that's, you know, like they're growing a lot. So I think the faster you can adapt, uh, the faster you can adapt, I think the more chances you have to survive and actually maybe even kill your competition during this time. 
that's amazing. I mean, I completely agree. I mean, what I was writing here, you know, for myself and just to say again, is that, I mean, it's what people always say, you know, it's that stamina is to just always keep going, always keep trying and, you know, and just find the innovative way to, 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 to serve customers better. I mean, it's the words that people always say and they sound so cliche, but it is what it is. Like that's, that's about it, right? Just gotta keep trying. And then you, you basically gotta have that. I, what I noticed that we don't have in Europe, you know, just to our European friends is that what I think they, you know, Americans have a lot more is just to really keep trying, you know, to have that like smiling face and like, you know, I just like to keep serving, you know, I'd like to serve you better, you know, and, and have that like 47 touch points, you know, till literally that person says, you know, do not, you know, blocks you and I just do it in a, in a friendly way. But, you know, in Europe, it's like, I ask you once, if you say no, I might block you or like disconnect from you and like, I'm mad at you yeah. and that's it. Like, so they take it a lot more personally. Anything, right? Uh, I think I think that's totally true. And I'm, I actually, having grown up in Europe, I find it hard to actually. I think it's one of the things that I've had to learn and adapt on how to be more, um, you know, to not give up and to not like take things personally. I actually, a book that has helped me through this has been the growth mindset growth mindset book. It's called mindset, but it talks about this idea of having a growth mindset. And when you see a setback or someone says no, that's just a way, just an input for you to learn. And I, it's not the way I was raised. And I think it's not the way the Romanian culture is. And I actually, it impacted me so much that I actually make sure that every new employee branch gets it. Because I know some people were raised and they have a growth mindset, but some don't. My co-founders definitely had a growth mindset. And I always noticed this difference between them and me. And I think that book really crystallized it for me and helped me get over it. So now I want to make sure that like every new employee has it and we talk about it. Is it this, by the way? Uh, no. No, Just, let me... Uh, mindset. It's called Mindset. It's by Carol Dweck. Okay. Uh, I think that's that's probably based on her concept. Um, if, you look, if you look up on Amazon Mindset, I think it should be the first yeah. one. So. And then the other one that uh, I'm really, I'm, I'm listening to right now, and I think it's kind of to what you were saying earlier, um, it's called the miracle equation. And it talks about like, if you wanna, and, and he talks about what is what are miracles. Miracles are like when you can achieve extraordinary things that you never even imagined. And there's like, the miracle equation is only two things, um, is extraordinary faith and extraordinary effort. So if you believe that you can do something, but you have to keep believing in it, even when you see setbacks, and then you can't have to keep putting an extraordinary effort way beyond like um, the regular, uh, what the regular people do. Yeah, this is it. This is the mindset. Yeah. So this was it. And then, yeah, I think I, I got the other the other two as well. So I'll... Uh, I'll the Miracle I'll... Equation and the Infinite Game, yeah. Uh, <laughs> the Infinite Game is a really cool one, I think, if you're a business owner during this time. Because it really talks about like there's two types of games. There are finite games that you can win and have rules and infinite games like life or business. And uh, yeah, it's definitely a really weird time uh, in business, right? So if you have an infinite mindset, you make the right decisions now for your business to survive. Uh, so that has been super uh, interesting to read during this period, I think. Uh, if there's one one time to read this, this is definitely it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah I, was, I was just first trying to search for them on script, you know, since I have the unlimited, but script is a little bit like Netflix, you know, you don't have all the titles, of course, but sometimes you get super lucky, I find the titles and then you have both, both the audiobook and the book I recently read, 
that's that has a little bit nothing to do with uh, with what we're talking about, but it's just a book I've read recently that I read it in like two days, and that was here. Um, you know, I don't know if, I don't know if you heard about this whole story, you know, targeted and the Cambridge. I mean, you must have. Yeah, Cambridge. of course, I know, I know, I, I know, I know a lot about. That. I mean. I was the person, I remember when I was on Facebook and I was running ads in the early days, the amount of targeting you could do, like our best customers were mothers with their first child between zero and three or teenagers in long distance relationships. I mean, you could go crazy uh, on targeting. You could like target, you know, I, you could see things where people were targeting their roommates with pranks and like you could go so granular. So, I mean, I lived, I, li I, I lived on Facebook during those times, so... It doesn't surprise me. It's really yeah, I, I, strong, I mean, it's a completely different book, but it's, uh, I actually, you know, wanted to buy the actual book that I have it in this library because I'm starting to like, you know, buy more books to fill it back up after it was, after this library was divided among four children, you know, my mother's brothers. And uh, I just felt that book was just amazing. You know, it was like, it almost like you got to read book about growth and then you also got to feel like you're also going to think like, or oh, maybe do not exaggerate, right? Never exaggerate till, till, uh, till, till yeah. some levels and just become extreme, you know? And, um, but, but yeah, like, uh, I think that's the other good thing about COVID that I think people should, uh, should be reading more, uh, and, uh, you know, as they're staying more at home. Um, so I've definitely been doing that. So, um, I've also been reading, and uh, I'm almost done with it. Product-led growth, and I will actually be interviewing Wes Bush tomorrow. He's nice. the author. Of it. I don't know if you heard about this book. Um, yeah, I have. I have. Have you read it already or not yet? No, I haven't. No, I heard about it. So, yeah. I mean, I think it's a lot of stuff that you already know, but uh, yeah, basically, it's about how you know you should build you know products that just like lead lead the growth, uh, and not just you know think about like. Uh, you know, how do I go and sell this, right? So uh, I actually saw, like, he, he had a, some, a really cool event, by the way. Uh, you, you you should check out whatever software they use for this product. Let's time it was really good. Uh, actually, I'm going to ask him tomorrow. They had a really cool summit. Um, he actually invited me. Haven't watched them all. To be honest, one of my issues is, like, if the stuff is not on YouTube and it's on my TV, I don't end up watching it. Um, but this is the book um cool i've been taking a lot of notes about it definitely recommend um awesome cool, cool. But, but yeah i mean like it's been super super nice to catch up with you i i i, I did feel it was like just grabbing a coffee in palo alto you know we we're just like far but uh I'm sure next time we're gonna meet we're gonna give each other a big hug and it's uh, gonna feel like we were connected again and so. uh, you know thanks so much for for sharing uh so much knowledge so many insights and you know for being such a model for so many ladies out there that are you know trying hard in business and you know that uh uh can see someone i'm not I, I don't think of myself a model i mean I'm, I'm trying and learning and growing every day and i'm sure i learned so much from Every single person I meet, and yeah, I know, but but still, it's a fact. You know, if you're a co-founder of a unicorn, you're already like, I mean, you know, top zero zero, you know, zero point zero zero one percent. You know, I, I mean, unicorn. What, you know, uh, valuations don't matter. It's all about like making a change in the world, and I don't really. That's why 
I don't really talk that much about being a unicorn. People interview me, but it's not who cares, right? Like being a unicorn or not being a unicorn is not what matters. The value that you bring to the market and the value you bring to your customers, it's what drives me every day. So if I know that I, you know, we impact small companies and we make their, when big companies and we help them, I think that's what, that's what drives me. And so, but thank you for saying that. I, I appreciate yeah. it. For sure. Thank you for staying so humble and so friendly. Thank you for your time and uh, nothing. I hope to see you soon, either in Europe or in Bay Area. Sounds great. Thank you so much for having me. Have a great day. My Evening. pleasure. Ciao, madame. Ciao, ciao.